Hashem reigns, Hashem has reigned. Hashem will reign forever and ever. Hashem will give strength unto His people. Hashem will bless His people. Peace. In Kamoka when the ark would travel, Moshe would say, Arise, Hashem, and let your enemies be scattered. Let them that hate you flee from you. For from Zion will go forth the Torah and the word of Hashem from Yushalayim. Blessed is he who His Holiness gave the Torah to his people, Israel. And this is the Torah that Moshe placed with the children of Israel at the command of Hashem through the hand of Moshe. Mm 
Yamud Arye Ben Aron La Amen. <laughs> Zot hukat to khatora asher siva adonai demor daver el ale ale aduma tamima asher in ba moon ashe loala alesa o um sa tem ota it ita el el azar akohen vahoti ota ita el nifut la fa la ma fa ne ve fa se sha sa o ta le fa na ma u sha ta na na hinu ma le fa na a she na ta na nu ta ra te med ha ye o la na ta be ta hinu ma u sha ta na na no te na to ra The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the statute of the Torah which the Lord commanded, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and have them take for you a perfectly red, unblemished cow upon which no yoke was laid. And you shall give it to Eliezer the Kohen, and he shall take it outside the camp and slaughter it in his presence. Eliezer the Kohen shall take from its blood with his finger and sprinkle it towards the front of the tent of meeting seven times. The cow shall then be burned in his presence. Its hide, its flesh, its blood, with its dung, he shall burn it. The Kohen shall take a piece of cedar wood, hyssop, and crimson wool, and cast them into the burning of the cow. The Kohen shall wash his garments and bathe his flesh in water, and he may enter the camp, and the Kohen shall be unclean until evening. The one who burns it shall wash his clothes in water and cleanse his body in water, and he shall be unclean until evening. A ritually clean person shall gather the cow's ashes and place them outside the camp in a clean place. 
and it shall be a keepsake for the congregation of the children of Israel, for sprinkling water used for cleansing. The one who gathers the cow's ashes shall wash his clothes, and he shall be unclean until evening. It shall be an everlasting statute for the children of Israel and for the proselyte who remain in their midst. Anyone touching the corpse of a human soul shall be unclean for seven days. On the third and seventh days, he shall cleanse himself with it so that he can become clean. But if he does not sprinkle himself with it on the third and seventh days, he shall not become clean. Whoever touches the corpse of a human soul which dies, and he does not cleanse himself, he defiled them, He has defiled the Mishkan of the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from Israel. For the sprinkling water was not sprinkled on him, so he remains unclean, and his uncleanliness remains upon him. This is the law. If a man dies in a tent, anyone entering the tent and anything in the tent shall be unclean for seven days. Any open vessel which has no seal fastened around it becomes unclean. Anyone who touches one slain by the sword or a corpse or a human bone or a grave in an open field, he shall be unclean for seven days. They shall take for for that unclean person from the ashes of the burnt purification offering, and it shall be placed in a vessel with spring water. A ritually clean person shall take the hyssop and dip it into the water and sprinkle it on the tent, on all the vessels and on all the people who were in it, and on anyone who touched the bone, the slain person, the corpse, or the grave. The ritually clean person shall sprinkle on the unclean person shall sprinkle on the unclean person on the third day and on the seventh day, and he shall cleanse him on the seventh day. And he shall wash his clothes, bathe in water, and he shall become ritually clean in the evening. If a person becomes unclean and does not cleanse himself, that soul should be cut off from the congregation, for he has defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The sprinkling waters were not sprinkled upon him. He is unclean. This shall be for them as a perpetual statue, and the one who sprinkles the sprinkling waters shall wash his clothes. The one who touches the sprinkling waters shall be unclean until evening. Whatever the unclean one touches shall become unclean, and anyone touching him shall become unclean until evening. The entire congregation of the children of Israel, uh, congregation of the children of Israel arrived at the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people settled in Kadesh. Miriam died there and was buried there. The children had no water, so they assembled against Moses and Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses. And they said, If only we had died with the death of our brothers before the Lord. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord to this desert so that we and our livestock should die there? Why have you taken us out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is a place for seed enough. It is not a place for seeds or fig trees, grapevines or pomegranate trees, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron moved away from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and they fell on their faces. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Ya'amod Ezra ben Abraham la Torah.
שלום. שלום. ולקה עצות בתהל תמאים איש I think you're reading the wrong one. This is the second one. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're doing from Habad. Uh, what, what portion is it then? Um, I'm reading it from Habad. Oh, you are? Second, yeah. second portion. Yes. It's chapter 20, verse 7. 20, verse 7. Okay, hold on for a second. Maybe he doesn't know. Yeah, it's a double portion. That's why it's kind of different. Okay. Verse 7. Okay. Okay, hold on for a second. Okay. Padaver Adonai el Moshe lemor kach er chama chamatov beha beha kehel er chada ata bea beharon achiach ve bedivar tem el chatela Ha Hasela Lea Lea Nechem Vena Venatam Beimain Be Jose Ta Joseta Lachem Main Min Hasela Be Ishkita El Ha Haida le ve veed vein vein ram men baruata dunai elohenu meleja olam asher natan lanu tora emet bejayeu lanatan betogenu barufata dunai no ten hatora amen You want me to read it? Andy's going to read. Oh, okay. I think. He didn't know he had to read the whole thing. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and your brother Aaron, and speak to their 
and speak to the rock in their presence so that it will give forth its water. You shall bring forth water for them from the rock and give the congregation their livestock to drink. Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron assembled the congregation in front of the rock, and he said to them, Now listen, you rebels, can we draw water from this rock? Moses raised his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, when an abundance of water gushed forth, and the congregation and their livestock drank. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Since you did not have faith in me to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly to the land which I have given them. These are the waters of dispute, where the children of it, uh, the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was sanctified through them. Moses said, Messengers from Kadesh to the messen, uh, Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. So says your brother Israel, you know all of the hardship that has befallen us. Our fathers went down to Egypt, and we sojourned in Egypt for a long time. And the Egyptians mistreated us and our forefathers. We cried out to the Lord, and he heard our voice. He sent an angel, and he took us out of Egypt. And now we are in Kadesh, a city on the edge of your border. Please let us pass through your land. We will not pass through fields or vineyards, nor will we drink well water. We will walk along the king's road, and we will turn neither to the right nor to the left until we have passed through your territory. Edom replied to him, you shall not pass through me, lest I go out towards you with the sword. The children of Israel said to him, We will keep to the highway, and we will drink. And if we drink your water, either I or my cattle, we will pay its price. It is really nothing. I will pass through on foot. But he said, You shall not pass through. And Edom came out towards them with a vast force and with a strong hand. Edom refused to uh, to allow Israel to cross through his territory. So Israel turned away from him. I'm to make um, third. Okay. Vice, vice, ooh, you can. Vice, ooh, you can dash. 
They traveled from Kaddish, and the entire congregation of the children of Israel arrived at Mount Hor. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron at Mount Hor, on the border of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered to his people, for he shall not come to the land which I have given to the children of Israel, because you defied my word at the waters of dispute, May Meribah. Take Aaron and Eleazar his son and ascend to Mount Hor. Strip Aaron of his garments and dress Eleazar his son with them. Then Aaron shall be gathered in to his people and die there. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. They ascended Mount Hor in the presence of the entire congregation. Moses then stripped Aaron of his garments and dressed Eleazar his son in them. And Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eleazar descended from the mountain. The whole congregation saw that Aaron had expired and the entire house of Israel for 30 days. The Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the south, heard that Israel had come by the route of the spies, and he waged war against Israel and took them, took from them a captive. Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, If you deliver this people into my hand, I shall consecrate their cities. The Lord heard Israel's voice and delivered the Canaanite. He destroyed them and consecrated their cities, and he called the place Hormah. They journeyed from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to circle the land of Edom and the people who became disheartened because of the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in this desert? For there is no bread and no water, and we are disgusted with this rotten bread. The Lord sent against the people venomous snakes, and they bit the people, and many people of Israel died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he remove the snakes from us. So Moses prayed on behalf of the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make yourself a serpent and put it on a pole, and let whoever is bitten look at it and live. Moses made a copper snake and put it on a pole, and whenever a snake bit a man, 
he would gaze upon the copper snake and live. The children of Israel journeyed on and camped in Oboth. They journeyed from Oboth and camped in the wasteland paths in the wilderness, which faced Moab toward the rising sun. From there they journeyed and they encamped along the stream of Zered. From there they journeyed and they encamped on the other side of the Arnon, which was in the desert extending from the Amorite border. For Arnon was the Moabite border between Moab and the Amorites. Concerning this, it is told in the account of the wars of the Lord, what he gave at the Sea of Reeds and the streams of Arnon, and the spilling of the streams that turned to settle at Ar and lean toward the border of Moab. From there to the well, that is the well of which the Lord said to Moses, gather the people and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, O ascend, O well, sing to it. A well dug by princes, carved out by nobles of the people, throughout, through the lawgiver with their staffs, and from the desert a gift. From the gift to the streams, and from the streams to the heights, from the heights to the valley in the field of Moab, at the top of the peak that overlooks the wastelands. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Barakuet Adonai Hamvarak. Baruch Anamvarak Leilam Ba'ed. 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 Amen. Israel sent messengers to Sihon, the king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through your land. We will not turn into fields or vineyards, nor drink well water. We shall walk along the king's road until we have passed through your territory. But Sihon did not permit Israel to pass through his territory, and Sihon gathered all his people and went out to the desert toward Israel. He arrived at Jahaz and fought against Israel. Israel smote him with a sword and took possession of his land from Arnon to Jabbok. As far as the children of Ammon, from the border of the children of Ammon was strong. Israel took all these cities, and Israelites dwelt in the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon and all his villages. From Heshbon for it was the city of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and he had fought against the first king of Moab, taking all his land from his possession as far as Arnon. Concerning this, those who speak in the parable say, come to Heshbon, sit, may it be built and established as the city of Zion, Sihon. Uh, for fire went forth from Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon. It consumed Ar of Moab, the masters of the high places of Arnon. Woe is to you, Moab, who, who are lost. You who are lost, people of Chemosh, his sons and he has given over as refugees and his daughters into captivity to Sihon, king of the Amorites. Their kingdom is destroyed from Heshbon. It has been removed from Dibon. We laid them waste as far as Nopha, which is near Medeba. Israel settled in the land of Amorites. Moshe sent men to spy out Jazer, and they captured his villages, driving out the Amorites who lived there. Then they turned and headed northward toward the king, toward Bashan. Og, the king of Bashan, came out and toward them. 
with all his people to wage war at Edri. Hashem said to Moshe, Do not fear him, for I have delivered him, his people, and his land into your hand. You shall do to him as you did to Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who dwells in Heshbon. They smote him, his sons, and his people, until they were no, there was no survivor, and they took possession of the land. The children of Israel journeyed and camped in the plain Moab across the Jordan to Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, saw all the Israelites had done to the Amorites. Moab became terrified of the people, for they were numerous, and Moab became disgusted because of the children of Israel. Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this assembly will eat up everything around us, as the ox eats up the green field, greens of the field. Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab at that time, he sent messengers to Balaam, uh, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of his people, to call for him, saying, The people has come out of Egypt, and behold, they are covering, they cover the eye of the land, and they are stationed opposite me. So now please come and curse this people for me, for they are too powerful for me. Perhaps I will be able to wage war against them and drive them out. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and whomever you cursed is cursed. So the elders of Moab and the children and the elders of Midian came, went with their magic charms in their hands. They came to Balaam and conveyed Balak's message to him. He said to him, Lodge here for the night, and I will go and answer when Hashem speaks to me. So the Moabites noble the Moabite nobles stayed with Balaam. Hashem came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to Hashem, Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, has sent to me. Behold, the people come in out of Egypt, a nation has covered the eye of the earth. Come and curse them for me. Perhaps I will be able to fight against them and drive them out. Hashem said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You, you shall not curse the people because they are blessed. Just logged on. I don't think he's ready. No, just just logged on. Continue. All right, David. Ya'amal David and Abraham Torah. Oh, but oh, that's right. But Salel, sorry. That's Salel. That's not right. mixed up. Salel. Amor, but Salel David. Salel ben Abraham. Ben Abraham, but Torah. Baruch Adonai Hamarak. Baruch Adonai Hamarak Leilam Baruch Adonai Hamarach Leilam Ba'ed Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asha Bakharbanu Mekoham Anim Benatan Lanu Et Torato Baruch Ata Adonai Baruch Shema Yotzein HaTorah Amen
when Balaam arose in the morning, he said to Balak's nobles, Return to your country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. Moab's nobles arose and came to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. So Balak continued to send dignitaries more and higher in rank than me. They came to Balaam and said to him, So said Balak, the son of Zippor, Please do not hesitate to come to me, for I will honor you greatly and do whatever you tell me to do. So please come and curse these people for me. Balaam answered and said to Balak's servant, Even if Balak gives me a house full of silver and gold, I cannot do anything small or great that would transgress the word of the Lord my God. Now you too, please remain here overnight, and I will know I know and I will know what the Lord will continue to speak with me. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If these men have come to call you, I rise and go with them. But the word I speak to you, that you shall do. In the morning, Balaam arose, saddled the donkey, and went with the Moabite dignitaries. God's wrath flared because he was going, and an angel of the Lord stationed himself on the road to thwart him. And he was riding on his she-donkey, and his two servants were with him. The she-donkey saw the angel of the Lord stationed on the road with his sword drawn in his hand. So the she-donkey turned aside from the road and went into a field. Balaam beat the she-donkey to get it back on the road. The angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards with a fence on this side and a fence on that side. The she-donkey saw the angel of the Lord, and she was pressed against the wall. She pressed Balaam's leg against the wall, and he beat her again. The angel of the Lord continued going ahead, and he stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn right or left. The she-donkey saw the angel of the Lord, and it crouched down under Balaam. Balaam's anger flared, and she beat the she-donkey with a stick. The Lord opened the mouth of the she-donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Balaam said to the donkey, For you have humiliated me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The she-donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your she-donkey on which you have ridden since you first started until now? Have I been accustomed to do this to you? He said, No. The Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn in his hand. He bowed and prostrated himself on his face. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you beaten your she donkeys three times? Behold, I have come out to thwart you, for the one embarking on the journey has hastened against me. When the she donkey saw me, it turned aside these three times. Had she not turned aside before me, now also I would also. Now also I would also have killed you and spared her the she-donkey. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing on the road before me. Now, if it displeases you, I will return. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with these men, but the word I will speak to you, that you shall speak. But Balaam went with Balak's dignitary. Balak heard that Balaam was coming, so he went out toward him to the city of Moab, which is on the border of Arnon at the extreme edge of the border. Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send you to call for you? Why do you not come to me? Am I indeed incapable of honoring you? Balak said, Balaam said to Balak, Behold, I have come to you. Do I have any power to say anything? The word God put into my mouth, that I will speak. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, 
Asher, Asher Natamanu Torah, Amen, Bayakayim, Olam, Bayim, Litukinu, Barukata Adonai, Chimam, Hotain Torah, Amen. Yamod Atul Yahub Abraham La Torah. Right Shalom. Right Shalom. Barkua Tarana Hambarak. Barukanabarak Lilamba Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech, O Baruch Adonai, Havarach Le'olam, Vayed, Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam, Asher Bacharbanu Mechol, Amin, Venatan Lanu Et Torah To, Baruch Atah Adonai, Baruch Shemah, Ha'Torah, Amen, Amen, Vayelech, Vayelech, Bilam Im, Balak Vayavo U Kirat Hutsot Vayiz Bach Bahat Bachar Vatson Vayashalach Le Vilam Velasarim Asherito Vayehi Vavokar Vayehak Balak et Bilam Vaya Alehu Bamot Baal Va'ar misham kitzeham. Va'yomer bilam el balak b'nei b'nei li v'azei shiva mizbechot v'achen li b'azei shiva farim yeshiva elim Baze Shiva Farim Ishiva Elim. Babukhata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Alam Asher Natan Lanu Torah Timet Vichaye Olam Nata Betokhenu Baruch Ata Adonai Nautain Ha Torah You want me to read it in English too? Um, I think Art can read it. Yeah. Numbers. Balam went with Balak and they arrived at Kiriath Huzoth, a city of streets. Balak slaughtered cattle and sheep and sent some to Balan and to the dignitaries with him. And in the morning, Balak took Balaam and led him up to Bamoth Baal, and from there he saw a part of the people. Balaam said to Balak, Build me seven altars here and prepare for me seven bulls and seven rams. Balak did as Balaam had requested, and Balak and Balaam offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stand beside your burnt offering, and I will go on. 
Perhaps the Lord will will happen to appear to me and he will show me something that I can tell you. And he went alone. God chanced upon Balaam and he said to him, I have set upon, I have set up the seven altars and I have offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. The Lord placed something into Balaam's mouth and he said, return to Balak and say as follows. When he returned, Balak was standing next to his burnt offering, he and all the Moabite dignitaries. He took up his parable and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse Jacob for me, and come invoke wrath against Israel. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? And how can I invoke wrath if the Lord has not been angered? For from the beginning I see them as mountain peaks, and I behold them as hills. It is a nation that will dwell alone, and it will not be reckoned among the nations. Who counted the dust of Jacob or the number of a fourth of or the seed of Israel? May my soul die the death of the upright and let, and let my end be like his. Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them. He answered, saying, what the Lord puts into my mouth, that I must take care to say. Balak said to him, come with me to another place from where you will see them. However, you will see only a part of them, not of them, and curse them for me from there. He took him to the field of the lookouts, to the peak of the mountain, and he built seven altars and offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. He said to Balak, stand there next to your burnt offering, and I will be chanced on here. The Lord chanced upon Balaam and placed something into his mouth. He said, return to Balak, and so you shall speak. When he came to him, he was standing next to his burnt offering, and the Moabite dignitaries were with him. And Balak said to him, What did the Lord speak? He took up his parable and said, Arise, Balak, and hear. Listen closely to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he a mortal that he should relent. Would he say and not do, speak and not fulfill? I have received an instruction to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot retract it. He does not look at evil in Jacob and has seen no perversity in Israel. The Lord his God is with him and he has the king's friendship. God has brought them out of Egypt with the strength of his loftiness. For there is no divination in Jacob and no soothsaying in Israel. In time it will be said, Jacob and Israel, what has God wrought? Behold, a people that rises like a lioness and raises itself like a lion. It does not lie down until it eats its prey and drinks the blood of the slain. Balak said to Balaam, you shall neither curse them nor shall you bless them. Balaam answered and said to Balak, have I not spoken to you saying everything the Lord speaks, that shall I do.
left bit to the left. Come now, and I will take you to a different place. Perhaps it will please God. And you will curse them for me there. So Balak took Balaam to the peak of Peor, overlooking the wastelands. Balaam said to Balak, build me seven altars here and prepare for me seven bulls and seven rams. Balak did as Balaam told him, and he offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, so he did not go in search of omens as he has done time and time again, but turned his face toward the desert. Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel dwelling according to its tribes, and the Spirit of God rested upon it. He took up his parable and said, The word of Balaam, the son of Beor, and the word of the man with an open eye. The word of the one who hears God saying, who sees the vision of the Almighty, fallen yet with open eyes. How goodly are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. They extend like streams, like the gardens by the river, like aloes which the Lord planted, like cedars by the water. Water will flow from his wells, and his seed shall have abundant water. His king shall be raised over Agag, and his kinship exalted. God, who has brought them out of Egypt with the strength of his loftiness, he shall consume the nations, which are his adversaries. Bear their bones and dip his arrows into their blood. He crouches and lies like a lion, and like a lioness who will dare rouse him. Those who bless shall be blessed, and those who curse, you shall, you shall be cursed. Balak's anger flared against Balaam, and he clapped his hands. Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now hurry back to your place. I said I would honor you greatly, but the Lord has deprived you of honor. Balaam said to Balak, but I even told the messengers you sent to me, saying, if Balak gives me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot transgress the word of the Lord to do either good or evil on my own. Only what the Lord speaks can I speak. And now I am going to my people. Come, I will advise you what this people will do to your people at the end of days. He took up his parable and said, The word of Balaam, son of Beor, the word of a man with an open eye, the word of the one who hears God saying and perceives the thoughts of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling yet with open eyes. I see it, but not now. I behold it, but not soon. A star has gone forth from Jacob, and a staff will arise from Israel, which will crush the princes of Moab and all, uproot all the sons of Seth. Edom shall be possessed, and Seir shall become the possession of his enemies, and Israel shall triumph. A ruler shall come out of Jacob and destroy the remnant of the city. When he saw Amalek, he took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, and his fate shall be everlasting destruction. When he saw the Kenite, he took up his parable and said, How firm is your dwelling place, and your nest is set in a cliff? For if Cain is laid waste, how far will Assyria take you captive? He took up his parable and said, Alas, who can survive these things from God? Ships will come from the Kittites and afflict Assyria, and afflict those on the other side. But he too will perish forever. Balaam arose, went and returned home, and Balak went on his way. Israel settled in Shittim, and people began to commit harlotry with the daughters of the Moabites. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and prostrated themselves to their gods. Israel became attached to Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord flared against Israel. The Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and hang them before the Lord, facing the sun, and then the flaring anger of the Lord will be removed from Israel. Moses said to the judges of Israel, each of you shall kill the men who became attached to Baal Peor. Then an Israelite man came and brought the, Midi brought the Midianite woman to his, to his brethren. 
before the eyes of Moses and before the eyes of the entire congregation of the children of Israel, while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the Cohen, saw this, arose from the congregation, and took a spear in his hand. He went after the Israelite man into the chamber and drove it through both of them. The Israelite man and the woman threw her stomach, and the plague ceased from the children of Israel. Those that died in the plague numbered 24,000. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the Cohen. It's a, huh? it's a repeat of the book. Of the... Okay. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher natan lanu Torah temet Behagye olam menapetoheinu Baruch atah Adonai Baruch shema Nomtein ha-Torah Amen All right Final Ta'amod ma'im ba'avraham la-Torah Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aharon al-Kohen Vayakam mitoch ha-edah Vayitrach romach be-adoh Vayavoh achar ish Yisrael Baruch atah Adonai, Elohim, Melech, Alam, Asher, Natan, Lanu, Torah, Demet, 
Hear ye now what Hashem said. Arise, contend thou before Harim, the mountain, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O Harim, mountain, the Reeb Hashem, dispute, case, lawsuit of Hashem. Listen, ye enduring Mosadeeres, foundations of the earth. For Hashem hath a case against his people, and he will contend with Yisrael. O Ami, my people, what have I done unto thee, and wherein have I been a burden to thee? Testify against me. For I brought thee up out of Eretz Mitzrayim, and redeemed thee out of the base of Adim, house of slaves, and sent before thee Moshe, Aharon, and Miriam. O Ami, my people, remember now what Balak Melech, Moab, did, plot, and what Balaam, Balaam ben Beor answered him from Shetim to Gilgal, see, that ye may have that of the Sidkot, righteous acts of Hashem, knowledge of the righteous acts of Hashem. With what shall I come before Hashem and bow myself before Elohim Arom, God on high? Shall I come before him with olot, burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will Hashem be pleased with thousands of elim, rams, or with ten thousands of shemen, olive oil? Shall I give my bechor, firstborn, for my pesha, the peri fruit of my beten, for the chatat sin of my nefesh, my soul? He has showed thee, O Adam, man, what is to good, and what doth Hashem require of thee, but to do mishpat, judgment, and ahavat, chesed, loving kindness, and to walk humbly with Elohecha, your God. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Sokol Alamim Zadik Bechol Adorot Ha'el Ha'neman Ha'mer Yosef Medeber Yom Shokol Devarav Emet Vatsedev Ne'eman Atavod Anagainu Ve'ne'emanim Devarecha Bedevar Echad Midvarecha Acholo Yashuv Rekam Ki El Melech Ne'eman Right. Lots of impact in this tour portion. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to give a guess a tiny little overview first. <laughs> tiny part of it. I mean, there's a bunch of different stories and different lessons you can learn. I'm going to talk about. I guess the most the most exciting part, maybe, or the one that gets most people's attention is the talking donkey part, right? I mean, that, that's the, always gets people's attention. So, um, so I want to compare, I guess, kind of like why not compare, but just talk about how you know we have Balaam who was supposed to be the the great prophet and, and sorcerer and then we have this donkey right 
And so he goes on his journey, you know, after he speaks with Hashem, and Hashem says, yes, you can go. And he, go, he starts going. And of course, we know the story. We just read it. You know, there's an angel there, angel of the Lord that was going to strike Balaam dead, and the donkey stops. And, and you think about it, and you think, well, this great prophet, a sorcerer, is not able to see the angel of Hashem, um, but yet his donkey was able to see it. So their ro roles were reversed in a way where the donkey actually became kind of the great, great prophet, visionary, whatever you want to call it, able to see, you know, things of Hashem and, you know, and, and Balaam is, is reduced down to a normal, boring man, beast man, or whatever you want to call it. You know, they're reversed. Um, and, you know, of course, it kind of kind of makes us think about, you know, who can speak for Hashem? Who can who can be Hashem's spokesperson? And I think in this in this regard, it kind of teaches us that you know Hashem will speak through who He wants to speak through, and He I think humbled humbled Balaam to the point where he knew okay. Now Balaam is going to speak, is going to say what I want him to say, as opposed to maybe before that experience, he was still on his, you know, still thinking, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go over there. I'm still going to curse these people, you know, because I'm going to get a bunch of money for it or whatever. Um, but then after that experience, obviously, he was humbled enough to where he was going to say exactly what Shem was going to tell him. Um, and I, you know, I guess how do we tie this to today? How do we tie this to us? And, and what kind of, what, what, what are some things we can learn from this? So I feel like there's like three things, um, three um, different lessons we can kind of learn. Um, one is to be open-minded um, to hearing truth. And, you know, the Rambam says, um, you must accept the truth from whatever source it comes. So sometimes truth may come from something that you don't want it to come from, or maybe a young child, or, you know, maybe even your enemy. But truth is truth, and if it's coming to you, you should, you should take it, right? You should, uh, so that's what Ramam's saying. So being open-minded to where the truth is coming from, you know, whether it be from a great Torah scholar or even, you know, a secular, um, some secular person around you. Um, and then the second, the second thing is um, to be mindful of our own um, power of our own voices. Um, and, you know, when Hashem is prompting us to speak up against maybe something that's injustice, some kind of injustice, to speak up, you know, to speak up, to, to know our own voice, just like the donkey, just like he allowed the donkey to speak. Oftentimes he prompts us to speak so listen to that, listen to Hashem, you know, when he is prompting us to speak up for, um, for justice. You know? um, and then um, the last thing is um, don't underestimate the power of being, of the, don't underestimate the importance of being humble and to, to take on humility um, so that we, as when we are humble, we can speak for Hashem uh, properly, you know. So let us, um, you know, cultivate the idea of being humble um, and, um, you know, just, you know, 
there's so many examples, but being like, being like, you know, how, how Balaam was humbled, or being like Moshe, who is humble, um, you know, that's, that's very important. So, um, you know, to tie it up, you know, we have our three points, uh, three points to remember, be open-minded to where the truth is coming from, you know, um, use our own voices um, when, when we are prompted um, to know, um, prompted to speak up, you know, and to share our, our, our other opinions, our, our own opinions, and, um, and also, you know, to make sure that we do all, all of this in, in humility. And, um, and uh, yes, so Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat. Yeah, there's like 10, there's probably like 100 other lessons you can pull out from this, but that's that one lesson. All right, that's uh, uh, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. A couple of things that I did. Turn your uh, camera on. My, my wife wants you to turn your camera on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. A <laughs> um, couple of things that I uh, want to uh, bring up is that um, on the sacrifice of the red hyper, uh, is uh, that is using the basic elements, uh, material elements, to purify uh to purify us okay so the this material process serves as a bridge to the spiritual uh purification providing us humans with a tangible connection between uh what is material and what is in the spiritual spiritual realm uh there is a lot of uh what do you call it um drushes about the and I don't think in, anybody has understood why the ashes will be purified, but whoever touches the ashes, it will be impure, you know? Uh, and that's something that has not been uh, uh, truly identified by the, uh, by, the, by the sages. Now, talking about uh, in the event when uh, Miriam uh, died, Miriam's death on the desert, uh, for one of the things that it can be deducted is that is a uh, it was in the year thirty eight to forty in the last three years before they go into the uh, into the uh, pro promised land, and the fact that the uh, water was uh, scarce uh, uh, after her death, then then uh, the sages said that there was a, a connection between the median and the water. And uh, median is being related to water since uh, Moses uh, uh, was saved by, by her mom, uh, um, median is, uh, uh, directly. Uh, and uh, also when they passed the, uh, the, uh, the sea, you know, she was one of the first one who was uh, uh, sing, uh, singing. Uh, so she was related to 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 the to the water, and as uh, as a um, uh, result, the lack of water. Okay, then uh, Hashem uh, uh, tells um, Moshe, you know, take this spear, 
take Aaron and then gather the people and talk to the rock. And uh, I know somebody, I noticed somebody in the uh, chat asked why, why was he uh, punished for that? And the thing is that for one thing, he got angry. He, he was, he did uh, the, the, the shohara uh, uh, when he was telling the uh, people, you know, uh, you don't believe that uh, our can, water can be, can be, can come out out of this uh, uh, rock. And then he struck the uh, rock twice. You know, if you think about it, when you, if you, if you would have done it once, maybe, uh, maybe it will not be uh, as counted as with anger. Uh, but he did it twice. And if you do physically, you go like one and then two, like on the second one, you can kind of feel the anger on uh, on that uh, on that action. OK. And so that's why. Why? Because up to that moment, and the people of Israel was thinking that the that uh, Moshe has the the magic wand, you know, so that's why they uh, uh Hashem wanted uh, to take that out of their uh, mind. That's why he says, take take it, take it around with you. And, but he did not. He did not spoke. He stroke the, the, uh, the, rock, the, the rock. Now, <clears throat> people say, well, why does Aaron has to do anything with it? Well, Aaron has to do because he, if he was too humble, okay? And he wants to please, he wanted, uh, according to the sages, he wanted to please everybody. Well, you cannot please every everybody. And if you see somebody doing something wrong, you got to say something. And, and that's why he got punished too. So he did not enter the promised land because he did not say anything. Okay. On the on the other hand, it is known that, that uh, the more is given to someone, the more is expected from them. Probably if, if uh, any of the people of Israel will do will do be in the same place as uh, Moshe, and says, "Okay, you you know, just go ahead and talk to the uh, uh, talk to the rock." Well, he was not anybody. He was somebody special. He was very very close to Hashem. So that's why the more is given to someone, the more is expected of him. That's why he. It looks to us, to our eyes, that he was not, uh, that it was, it was not a big deal. But actually it was because Hashem says, because you did not glorify me in front of the people. Well, he, he, he wanted to show that uh, by the word of somebody that he command, uh, with that alone, that should be enough to produce a miracle of, of some kind. And in this case, the uh, coming out of the water from a uh, from a rock, so uh, there's more uh, on this uh, two parshas, but uh, but for me, I think this is uh, this is something that uh, we have to you know study and make sure that uh, it does not happen to us because I think in mine said you know when we or ruin said yeah. When we don't say anything, when we when when we see Iran and we don't say anything, then it will be uh, will be considered as uh, as guilty.
Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes. Shalom. 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 So there is a lot of stuff on this uh, tour portion. Um, so the first, uh, you know, it opens up with kind of a rehash of the, the issue with water. And, uh, you know, it's interesting in, in um, the waters in uh, Mara. And in this incidence, Hashem doesn't seem to get that irritated. He doesn't seem to be uh, angry the way he is in other times when the people are grumbling. And then, then I think the reason why is people can't live without water, right? So he knew he knew he knew the seriousness of it. And uh, Baruch Hashem, he made a way uh, with the rock through you know in the desert and the people without were without water and Hashem had compassion and Moshe um was told what to do exactly and uh Moshe forgot his his place and showed us that you know the um the the uh, I lost my train of thought here okay so so uh, you know, Moshe had been dealing with these people for years, and uh, they had been dealing with us. They'd been dealing with us for years, and it just got to him. He's like, "Look, I, I'm tired of these people. Uh, they just won't trust Hashem. They won't trust. Uh, he, they won't trust him in, in what he does." And he got angry. He let the anger uh, over overcome him. And um, he struck the struck the rock. Hashem wasn't didn't struck the rock. Hashem wasn't angry with people. Hashem knew the serious the seriousness of the situation, and he gave them water. You know, even though it was from the wrong means, he's like, okay, look, he did something. I'm going to bring the people water. He could have just said, no, I told you to speak to it, not hit it, and no water came out. But the water came out because he had mercy. Hashem had mercy. Um, you know, there's also, uh, uh, there's a saying that Abraham lost some of his blessing uh, in kind of a similar situation where uh, he had a visitor come and, you know, this is Midrash, this is a Midrashic story. Uh, and this uh, man, it was an idol worshiper and he, he worshiped uh, fire and he kept on offering prayers to the fire in uh, Abraham's, uh, in his house and Abraham looked, said, look, if you continue to pray for the fire, I'm going to throw you out. I'm going to throw you out. So he threw. So anyways, the guy didn't. And he threw him out. And, uh, you know, he was he was righteous in doing that. It was an idol worshiper, and he was desecrating his house. Later in a dream, Hashem came to uh, Abraham, and he said, look, I've been dealing with this guy for, you know, 70, 80 years, and you can't even deal with him for one night, you know. So, and then he, you know, punished him for a little bit. But you know, we all deal with um, situations where we're not privy to. And we need to be aware of, you know, the specific uh, requirements that Shem has for us and be so much better for us. Now, uh, contrast this to what happens right after they, they don't have water. Uh, they say they don't have meat. Or they, they say they are hungry. They're starving. They're, uh, they don't have food. Um, 
both situations, Hashem dealt harshly with them. He he blessed them with the curse of having too much food, right? He gave them this back when they gave them the quail. They said, look, I, but they said, look, you're providing for us and we hate your provision. We hate your provision. Okay, let's, let's think about this. They say, we said we're starving, okay? But they, they had animals for sacrifice. So that means we don't want to take our animals and, 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 and slaughter them. We want you to provide us with the food we want to eat. Provide us with food. We're not going to kill our own animals to eat them. We want you just to, to provide them from the sky. And so it was not about it was not about uh, starving. It was about taste. I'm tired of this nasty stuff you give me. You know, it's 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 it, we were like children. We were like children who said, "Look, I live in a nice house. I don't care about a nice house. This this house over here, you know, my family's house. I go there, and they they it's different. You know, whatever it is, whatever situation we're in, we don't see the blessings that Hashem gives us." So Shem is like, forget this. I'm going to wipe you out. I'm tired of this. I am sick to the brim of this. So Moshe sees that. They stop the plague. Then we have the story. <laughs> we have the story of Balaam. And this is the story. This is the what, what jumps out to me, okay? We just had 20,000 people that Hashem slaughtered because he was angry at them, Okay. And then Balaam is told by Balak to go and curse Israelites, curse us. Okay, so what does Hashem say? Hashem says, he says, look, those people right there that you want to curse, they're without reproach, right? We had just got Hashem so angry that he killed 20,000 of us. But yet to the outside, when somebody else points the finger, he says, look, you're in no place to judge them. They're my people. They're my sons and daughters. Look, you know, there, there's this idea that we, we have to take, um, you know, we have to take, uh, you know, we have to put on an air of who we are. You know, I asked a rabbi one time, I said, where's, why is there not a Jewish music station on the radio? He says, well, well, it's because Jews are on the radio. Well, you, you hear Barbara Streisand, you hear Bob Dylan, you hear Kiss, you see, you hear all these. They may not be good examples of a Jew, but they are a Jew, right? We're a witness wherever we are. Whatever we're doing, whatever you do in your job, you're the Jew in that job. People are looking, everybody, everything we do either gets blown out of proportion or it's a good example, <laughs> okay? So from Hashem's, we're his people, and we're without reproach. We're not going to be judged from outside. We're not going to be judged from outside. He, he, can't, he can't, somebody that's not even following the Torah cannot go to Hashem and say, look, these nasty, filthy people, you need to get rid of them. He's going to respond, they're my children. They're my children, and I'm going to deal with them in my own way. You don't come into my house and tell me what to do my children. That's what's going on. And that that just shows me just the blessing that there is so much in being part of his kingdom, being part of his, being in the camp. Uh, if you can't be a Jew, then get get close to a Jew, right? If, if it's it's 
but if, if you better to become a Jew. But if you can't get as close to a Jew as you can, you're going to get the benefits. You're going to get the blessings, right? Because it's guaranteed us. And you know, what's interesting also is because Balaam was a, was a child of Abraham, he was blessed. Whatever he blessed ble was blessed. Whatever he cursed was cursed. It said right there. Everybody knew that he was. And uh, yeah, so <clears throat> I made a comment on the on the board about. Hasatan. Okay, so there's an idea that that when the angel of Hashem uh, came to Balaam, he said, "I become your Hasatan. I become your accuser. I become the 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 blocking path." And that's a <laughs> that is a dangerous place to be, a scary place to be. That when we can, we can get to a certain level of sin or a certain level of uh, you know pridefulness that we think we know what we're going to do that Hashem himself becomes our accuser and that's that's a place where we don't want to do that at all but uh you know there's this idea that there's this devil you know Hasatan specifically is this he's he's detached from Hashem and he's going around and he's you know got this cabal in every city whatever whatever it is Hashem is allowing Asatan to do what he tells him to do, uh, you know. Um, I don't know how it works, but Hashem is in control. As Jews, we believe in Enod Melvado. There's only him. There's only Hashem, okay? Uh, I don't even want to think of an idea where there are spiritual entities that are completely, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> separate from Hashem. But I think the message, to me, I, I see it every, 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 uh, time we discuss uh, Balaam is that when it comes to Hashem's house, he loves us and he judges us in our house. But to the whole world, we're his children and we're beyond reproach. So in the Torah, in the camp, let's stay without reproach and stay stay within the camp. Baruch Hashem. I want to talk a little bit about the Hafta portion. So the obvious connection between the Torah portion and the Hafta portion is a reference to Balak. So this, the Haftar portion that we we read is actually the Haftar for Prashat Balak. The one for Prashat Bukat is a different one. Um, so when there's a double portion Bukat Balak, this one is read. And it's it's unique, this Haftar portion, because it's the only one from the book of Micah. And uh, Micah was a contemporary of the prophet Isaiah, who's probably older than, than Isaiah, Yeshayahu. Um, and there was the the reference, let me say, I have the verse, have the verse up here. Um, verse five, it says, my people remember now what Balak king of Moab planned. He planned curses for them, right? And what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him. He wanted to go along with it. From Shittim to Gilgal, may you recognize the righteous deeds of the Lord. And so the righteous deed of, deeds of the Lord um, in that instance is that he turned what people wanted to be as a curse he turned it into a blessing. And I would, I would say, you know, uh, that 
with all the evil that Hitler did, it drove the Jewish people to um, to reform the nation of Israel. And although it's not uh, in, in a perfect state right now, it's still it was still an act of Hashem. There was still something good um, out of all of that. And, and that goes for every challenge and trial that we face. There is a way that Hashem can turn it into good. Um, also, in this in this Torah portion, you know, it talks about how how you know Hashem didn't like their sacrifices, right? And He wanted to see them um, do good to their fellow man instead, basically. And Micah is often used by by Christians and like Reformed Jews alike to say that that anything ceremonial doesn't matter anymore. Basically most of the, not most, but maybe half the Torah doesn't matter anymore. We don't have to abstain from, you know, certain foods or, or keep um, certain holy holidays. Um, we don't have to observe them strictly anymore. That all, the only thing that matters is how we deal with our fellow men. And this book, you know, of course that's, that's wrong as observant Jews. We believe that that's wrong. But there is a point there. There is a point. You know, the, the Torah, Yeshua said, hangs on the two greatest commandments, which were love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So if we are only doing love your neighbor as yourself, which is a very good part of the Torah, we're, we're still not observing truly um, the Torah, because the other part is loving Hashem, and that's that's the service to him, which we don't understand, that doesn't seem to affect our men, uh, our fellow man, you know, um, even though I, I believe it does anyways, when, when we, when we don't love Hashem properly, it really truly does affect how we treat other people. And likewise, likewise, when we don't love other people, we're not really loving Hashem. We need both. There's a danger of, you know, leaning to one side or the other, but both sides are wrong. Both sides are wrong somehow. Because when you only want to love your fellow man, that means you forget the boundaries that Hashem has set up. And you think that whatever your fellow man wants is what's good and right. Anything that makes him comfortable or pleases him, etc. But that's when we lose our morals. And we don't recognize that those morals that we may not understand, we may not like sometimes, they actually do help us. And when we love Hashem and we serve Hashem, um, you know, likewise, there's a ripple effect with the way we love our, our fellow man. So we have to remember that we have to love both God and, and Hashem. And if we're not, excuse me, we have to love both God and people. And if we're not loving people, we're not truly loving God. And if we're not loving God, we're not truly loving people.